Today is October 24th and I am here at the Salt Palace Convention Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I am here for the Julie Rowe event, War on the Wasatch. So Julie has been involved with Chad Daybell the past several years. She was one of his authors in his publishing company. She also allegedly said that he sexually assaulted her and she was made aware that Tammy Daybell was going to die. Um, although she denied knowing anything about Tylee and JJ, she did say, however, that they were safe and that she had visions that they were okay and happy while, meanwhile, they were actually on Chad Daybell's property, deceased. Um, so this event is about eight hours long and we are going to be talking about a variety of topics, but she is going to clear her energy of Chad Daybell. I have a device um, underneath my sweatshirt, so I am going to be, try to be recording this whole event. Keep in mind, no cell phones, no Apple Watches, um, no recording devices are permitted into the event. So I'm doing this as an undercover mission. I will be taking notes as well, so stay tuned and let's get through security. I've seen this in Vision for two years. I'm excited. Today's the day. 
April, I am back from the Julie Rowe event, and we have a lot to discuss today. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. So that was seven hours of my life that I can never get back, but I am very glad that I went because I felt like I was educated in a way that I can let people know that this is a very dangerous situation and it did not just end with JJ entirely, that this is something that may continue to go on with time. And unfortunately, my feelings are that Julie Rowe needs to be exposed, um, especially because she has claimed Chad Daybell learned everything from her. And she made that very clear in this event. So thank you for sitting down with me again to talk through this. So first and foremost, um, just for our listeners, uh, this event was held in downtown Salt Lake City, just a couple blocks from the LDS temple. Um, And uh, there was at least 200 individuals at this event. During the time of recording, it should be noted that Salt Lake City, along with Utah, our numbers for COVID is pretty high. And uh, so the social gathering of this was already risky for myself to be going to this event. Um, We were asked to bring a mask, water, pen, and paper. That's it. That's all we were asked. We were not allowed to bring recording devices, our cell phones, any electronics, Um, but I felt this was crucial that I make the attempt to record the audio at least, and I was able to do that. Uh, Utah is a one-party consent state, so I felt comfortable enough to do this. And um, again, as I'm sitting back a few days later, I'm really concerned and I'm actually very scared for the followers of Julie along with individuals like Chad and Lori who are preaching this doctrine to other individuals. So um, April and I want to talk through some of this because a lot of the things that Julie mentioned in her teachings were things that I discussed in the podcast or things that we heard from April's first interview as well as our last interview Um, That was released a few days ago. So again, April, thank you so much for joining me again today. So let's just start from the beginning. Uh, Julie Rowe, she walks out. She's wearing this biker outfit, best way for me to describe it, comes out to ACDC Thunderstruck. Guarantee she did not not clear any of this music, (laughs) okay? Um, You know, so someone should let ACDC know. (laughs) you know that was happening she comes out um acts like she honestly is hillary clinton or sarah palin someone to that effect waving smiling you know just the whole nine it's just so embarrassing like a superstar yeah like you're not oprah (laughs) you're definitely not Oprah. Um, So she starts out that way and then she begins the class with prayer. And I have, you know, had experiences going to the Mormon church for certain events and for funerals or baby blessings. So I'm familiar with what that usually sounds like and looks like. 
just like that. It, she went in a Mormon prayer, essentially. Um, she then expressed that we were not allowed to share our notes. If we were going to make notes in class, we weren't allowed to do that. What happens in that room was supposed to stay in that room. And while I usually would abide by that code, I'm not. Because like I said, there was a lot of dangerous things happening in that room and people need to know about it and authorities need to know about it. So she starts, she starts the event just talking about how she had a vision for this class two years ago. She had a vision that this was going to happen in Salt Lake City, that it was going to be downtown. Um, she mentioned that we were going to be clearing energy. She was going to be clearing energy of Chad and Lori, um, as well as performing surgeries on the audience, if you will, which very much confused me. She was welcoming our ancestors. She was welcoming our light and dark spirits, which the terms light and dark spirits we have heard in this case, specifically pertaining to Charles and JJ and Tylee, um, which already that was freaking me out <laughs> just in itself that, okay, she's already using this lingo. Um, and then also clearing COVID energy. So take that how you will. Um, she also mentioned that she was going to be dipping in and out of multiple dimensions and languages. She said she's well-versed in multiple languages, including some that we would not be aware of. Um, and those languages that are spoken beyond the veil. And this is another term that we've heard. And she said that in front of her was a light veil behind her was the dark veil but she would be going in and out of that during the course of eight hours. So she then puts on a dance recital. Best way for me to put it. Then she starts music again. She's dancing. She's got, I mean, the best way for me to describe it was Elaine from Seinfeld. I mean, just horrible, weird, bizarre dance moves, punching, 80s aerobics. I mean, nobody should be privy to that. Um, so she mentioned she has these dance moves to clear off spirits, which, you know, as a choreographer and a professional dancer growing up, um, no, <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen better movements from my five-year-olds that I teach. So this class was called the war on Wasatch, which, um, has a lot to do with the earthquakes and the shifts here in the mountains. And again, I, I'm just sitting there trying to soak in what I can and trying to understand this, but a lot of this is gibberish going one in one ear and out the other. Right. So she gets started and we start talking about portals. Um, she gave multiple definitions of portals and again, light and dark having cords. So April, is this something that you ever heard Lori talk about um, portals or these light and dark ratings or anything? Definitely. Wow. Definitely. So the first time I heard Lori talk about portals was when she came to see me that um, 4th of July after um, Joe Ryan had passed away. Mm. And that's when she gave me the book, The Second Comforter. And we were um, at the Quiet Beach Resort, and we were just kind of hanging out at the beach one night and talking. And that's when she started telling me about portals. And she said that she could travel from, because she was living back in Arizona at the time, she could travel from Arizona to Hawaii 
using portals, but because she had Tylee with her, she didn't use that method of, of travel at that time. And I just thought she was just, I didn't, I mean, that was the first time I'd heard it. And it was so different from any conversation we had had before that I just, I really dismissed it. And I think she yeah. could tell by my reaction that I wasn't really understanding or really interested. And so she quickly, you know, changed the topic and went back to talking about this second comforter experience that she had had. Um, but that was my first experience with her talking about the portals and how she could, you know, create one wherever she needed it and be able to, you know, travel to any, anywhere in the world, basically. Right. That she willed herself to be. Perfect. Yeah. Because that's the next note that I have. Uh, she mentioned going through the spirit world or the pre-mortal, pre-natal, um, pre-generational, <laughs> uh, preconception. I mean, this really sounded like the movie Inception. I mean, that's right. what I kept picturing. Like yeah. you're talking about dreams and you're tapping into those dreams. I mean, and we're going to get there listeners because Hollywood was brought up a lot in this seven hours. So we'll get there in a moment, but, uh, but okay. So we know that that was a part of it. Um, she then started talking about DNA work and DNA altering. Now she would hit on these certain points, but wouldn't necessarily elaborate on the teachings or what that necessarily was, because I think this is for two reasons. One, it was evident that a lot of these individuals in the audience were actual followers of Julie, but I think she was well aware that there were going to be individuals, uh, journalists, people like myself who were in the audience. So I think she purposefully restrained, you know, from giving that information out. Um, so did Lori ever talk about DNA or anything to that? I never really talked, we never really talked about DNA. I know that when she started that same trip where she was talking about the second comforter experience, um, she, she did say that she was kind because she was in this exalted state that she was kind of, um, it was like reversing her age. And so she was becoming younger was kind of renewing her and making her younger. Um, she did mention that, but it was making me think of like twilight or something, how, how they don't, <laughs> they're all like frozen in this like perfected middle age state or something. And, and so that's what I was thinking of when she spoke about it. And I just thought it was just her wires were just getting crossed with right. movies she'd seen and then these books that she was reading. And I didn't really think anything beyond that. She never mentioned DNA, but she did mention that she was kind of aging in reverse. I don't know if that's anything well, close to what you mentioned. Right. I mean, if that were the case, we've seen her in recent court appearings. So I don't <laughs> think that's Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, so then she started inviting us, uh, to dance and stretch with her. And now listeners, keep in mind, Lori or Lori, I'm sorry, Julie was very controlling in terms of what we were doing. So we had to actually drink our water on her command. Uh, she, again, during this portion, um, she was asking us to dance and stretch and um, get our bodies ready and prepare ourselves for 
her surgeries that were coming up. Um, I don't know how to really interpret that, but the best way that I kind of compared it to in my mind was um, Keith uh, Ranieri, who is the cult leader of Nexium. And there was a documentary that just came out about the vow. I think I brought it up on the last time we spoke before I went to this event. And one of the things that this cult would do was that purposefully make their members ask for permission to do things or tell them to eat on command or do certain things based off of that. So sitting there having someone tell me when to drink my water, when to do certain things, I immediately went into that headspace of this is what a cult is. Um, and, uh, so I'm observing everyone around me. There were a lot of individuals who were definitely taking this to heart and really mimicking her movements or holding their arms up, you know, to the sky and crying. And the best way to put it is, I mean, just taking in her teachings. Um, so she kept doing the music and dancing every five to 10 minutes, which I thought was very odd. Did you feel like it was like a very choreographed formula yes. or was it random? It was very, very choreographed. choreographed. Okay. Again, who was her choreographer? I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but they should be fired. Exactly. And the one thing I want to point out, because she's playing very popular music. So mm -hmm. there are people in the audience who recognize these songs. Um, and she would purposefully ask the sound guy or audio visual guy to play the videos with lyrics. And she would specifically say, focus on the lyrics, focus on the images, really allow yourself to go into that. Do you have any insights of what that could be? I mean, the only thing I could think of is trying to get, I mean, it sounds like with the controlling command, it, it almost sounds like this terrible game of Simon Says that you're kind of trapped yeah. in, mm -hmm. um, but it also feels like a way of kind of breaking someone a little bit right? Um, or, or preparing them to be in a more suggestible state of mind for whatever yeah. your, your message is going to be. It right. sounds to me, just from what you're describing, like a very calculated and very contrived, and there must be a very deliberate intention with that. It sounds like none of those actions were, were random. I'm not familiar with that formula, right. um, but it sounds like it was something that was kind of pre-planned. Pre it wasn't just by accident. We have uh, COVID seating. And that takes the energy as well. But if, I want you to pay attention to your space. Who's in your space on this side of the veil and who you might feel on the other side of the veil. You cannot do energy work and not pay attention to the other dimension. So we're going to do dimension work today. Multiple dimensions. Third, fifth, sixth, fifteenth, two hundredth dimension. You don't need to have the gifts that I have. I have the gifts that I have to do the mission I have. You have the gifts that you need. And the more energy work you do, the more your gifts will open up to you. I have people all the time that ask, how do I get the gift of truth and mission and prophecy? How do I get the, the gift of writing? How do I get the gift of art or dance or any other gift? Now you're going to see some things today. If you 
been in a class you haven't seen before, and this is purposeful. I want you to pay attention to my facial expressions, my hand motions, my body language, what you may see that seems weird to you that's going to help you clear blocks, and it's all intentional. When I teach these classes, it's intentional, okay? So uh, I also speak multiple languages in different dimensions. So just because you think it's crazy doesn't mean somebody else doesn't think it's crazy. I might be talking to them. And there are people in this audience that know how to do this as well. They've been in hiding. So I'm speaking to all of you. I'm only going to show some of the languages today. And I hope I find you dancing in class today. You have COVID distance, plenty of room, no excuses. Are we ready? Okay, well, let's hit it. First song. Exactly. And it almost felt like to me she was trying to hypnotize us. I mean, I know that's something that is not really talked about too much anymore. I think it's more so used, you know, as a addictive, like addiction reverser or something to yeah, that. People effect. use it in recovery or self-help yeah. a lot, but there is, there are, you know, very tried and true patterns and formulas to get people in that hypnotic psychotherapy state, you know, right. where they're more suggestible. And it sounds like maybe that's kind of what she was attempting to do on, on like a larger scale instead of like a one-on-one -on -one experience, yeah. kind of like hypnotizing a room of people, or at least maybe not everyone would be hypnotized, but there would be enough that you could um, promote your agenda, perhaps. Right. So do you know if this is something that Chad ever did in his teachings or? I have heard, um, and I don't remember who I heard it from. I wish I did, but I remember hearing a rumor that Chad would speak in a way and knew how to speak in a way that with his tone and his inflection and um, cadence or, or accenting certain words or phrases that he could hypnotize people wow. with, with his words. Yeah. Okay. And so he and Julie were, were so closely intertwined. And mm -hmm. my understanding is that Chad's beliefs came from Julie. Mm -hmm. And that Chad was actually a little bit afraid of Julie at times. Um, that I... He was... <laughs> yeah, I am too. <laughs> um, so maybe that was something they kind of collaborated on and, and, mm -hmm. um, and worked out together. And it okay. sounds like they've been successful with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue that. So um, so after that next dance recital, uh, we moved into robes. And robes, she said, stood for the outer body. Um, she said that people wear robes in different robes in the spirit realm, but sometimes the robes can be covered with sashes or jewels and crowns and uh, did you ever hear anything about robes no this was this was new to me <laughs> i know that in the mormon religion angels are always seen wearing robes but i i, okay. yeah, I, don't, I don't have any knowledge of that so again they could be interpreting this to then now saying okay but now they're bedazzled <laughs> like i'm just yeah, picturing like some, a rhinestone yeah, exactly got some bling on right so that's what i kept picturing like okay well mm -hmm. uh, okay jewels so then she started saying how she could smell colors and she could smell our clothing which i thought do you mean if people showered <laughs> um because i didn't know how to interpret that 
but she said that is a gift she has been given. She can smell colors. So she can smell colors from our clothing. If we wear black, that's a very distinct smell. If we wear red, that's another very distinct smell and could also be a correlation of our light and dark sides. So there's that. Um, then she invited, this part was very odd to me. She then invited um, anyone who is a chain smoker or a prior chain smoker and asked them to stand and identify themselves. And she was going to play a Coldplay song and that was going to clear their energy of that. Yikes. I mean, again, it just, so it just sounds like it kind of just from just up to this point, it just sounds kind of like a, this alphabet soup of just yeah. a lot of different things that don't really seem to Makes connect sense. to one another. Right. Exactly. So now, so people, there were some people who stood up and I was not one of them, but I observed. And again, I mean, there was one woman who was very enthusiastic, actually a few in their dance moves and um, come to find out they were actually followers of Julie for years and they typically go to these events. So I don't know if this is something that, again, she does in all of her seminars, but they seemed, again, like they're already programmed to react to what she was doing. Um, all right, then she moves into spirit splitting and flipping energy and dark matter. But she also explained this as, if you are a person who suffers from depression, the way to get out of that depression is just putting on a happy song, which is very problematic. We're talking about mental health, we're talking about mental illness, and you are telling people the way to get out of that is just a happy song. I, again, we're looking at these things now as we know what Chad and Lori were into. If this is how they're manifesting, you know, energy, quote unquote, that's scary. I need you guys to take some deep breaths. Some of my breathing is because there's a lot of energy, so that's some of it's because I just need to get better shape. <laughs> but there's also a lot of energy in my feet. So let's take some water. I need everybody to take at least three drinks of water, please. Light energy. Primordial. Now, those that are LDS or of other faiths that believe in primordial realm, you'll know that means spirit world before you come to the earth. Many of us have been on other earths, or we've been on this earth more than once. So when we're clearing, when I teach, primordial is any time you have been in spirit realm, preparing to come get a body on this earth or any earth in this eternal round or any eternal round. 
harvesting, soul harvesting, and some really dark stuff that the adversary does. We'll talk about that more later. That's concerning to me. So did you ever hear anything about spirit splitting or flipping? Uh, that's something totally new to me. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I've never heard of that. Now, with that being said, she then said that we we could ask Julie questions and Julie would release a blueprint to us, but it had to go through a chain of command. So we would ask Julie in our minds a question. She would she said she would accept all questions. She would then present that to Jesus Christ. Then she would present that to God and then, or father, my apologies. She said father. And then the blueprint would be released at that point. Sound familiar of anything at all? The blueprint doesn't sound familiar. Calling, calling God father does. Cause I know that Lori would say father says this or mother says this. Cause she was in open communication because of her exalted state. She Got was it. in open communication with father and mother. Um, and I, that isn't something that I was used to hearing, um, those terms of such familiar, familiarity, like usually in the LDS religion, we'll say heavenly father, or heavenly right. mother. we don't just mother and father, mother. um, it, it, out of respect is, is yeah. mostly what I understand this, right. For. So, um, just a lot of things that almost, and I don't know if, if it's because I've been raised in the LDS church, but when you hear certain things that are a little bit different than what you're used to, you kind of get a kind of cringe, yeah. the cringe factor. Right. Um, and I, I would get that when she would use those terms. Yeah. Who, do you know who mother was? Like who they were referring to? Who um, heavenly must know. I, I'm not sure. Okay. Did you ever hear the name Eloine? Eleni? It doesn't sound familiar. Okay, because this is... I may have, but it doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> right. And the individual who uh, will be coming on this show, Carl Danger, um, he and I were sitting next to each other. I'll explain who he is a little bit later, but uh, but we could not figure out Eloween. And we wrote a little note saying, it sounds like Halloween, but it's not Halloween, it's Eloween. So that's right. why I was asking you... Did you know who mother was? Uh, I don't know if well, that. Well, I mean, unless they were trying to make like a feminine version of Elohim, and they just maybe that's it, what it is. Whatever. Maybe that's know. what they're trying to do because it sounds close yeah. to Elohim, but it's just like a little bit different. Different. Aha. I, uh -huh. I, okay. I wish I could find logic to their. <laughs> you and me both. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that's. I mean, that's what I can come up with. Right, exactly. So she starts touching on chat. And I want to stress this, listeners. As I played for April in this last episode that her and I met, I played the audio of Julie saying that she was going to be talking about uh, chat and things that she hasn't told the media. We were going to be getting to the nitty gritty of Chad Daybell. She was going to clear the energy of him. She probably said about three, four things of him, and that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And that, to me, is a clear indicator that she was trying to sell tickets, plain and simple. And um, while I do feel duped in that regard, I'm so glad I came. Because, like I said, I, I'm starting to see things in a much clearer light. No pun intended. But there is a reason that 
someone like myself or Carl went into this with an open, I shouldn't say an open mind, an open mind to try to interpret their teachings and their beliefs. And again, trying to understand Chad and Lori's horrific ideologies and how all these individuals ended up deceased. So just want to make that clear. So she moves into Chad and just as you said, April, she flat out said, Chad Daybell learned everything from me. Everything he knew, everything he knows, it was from me. However, he relied on pendulum. And because of that, he would get false readings and he relied heavily on the dark readings and equated him to Lucifer. And unless he relied on his heart energy, he would be going to the dark. Uh, did you hear about pendulums ever? I did hear about pendulums and I knew, I did hear that that was how Chad would determine if someone was a light or dark spirit. So you could, you could, I'm hearing, I've heard this secondhand, but if you had, we're going to make a dentist appointment and you were wondering if your dentist that you made your appointment with was light or dark, you could call Chad and he would do you know, his pendulum reading, or I'm not sure exactly how he would do it, but he would either tell you if that person was light or dark based wow. on whatever, you know, his sources told him. Right. Um, and again, the thing that I don't understand, and this is where the suspension of disbelief <laughs> comes into play, it's like, I'm not, still not understanding where the authority comes from for Julie or for Chad even yeah. to have this power, these gifts that they claim to have. What is the line of authority? That's where I have never been given an answer. Right. Um, what, what source has given them these powers or what, where does their authority come from? Because they seem very confident that they, they have these powers and mm -hmm. um, people seem to um, follow them pretty readily, but what gives them the authority? Right. And I mean, from things that I've researched, the term prophet comes up quite a bit. And even though she never classified herself as a prophet, she basically gave the interpretation that that's what she is. And I will get to that and how she took jabs at the LDS church with that a little later in the day. Um, but that's how Carl and I interpreted the video that we had to watch and then what she came out in shortly thereafter, because listeners, this was a horrific dance recital and fashion show mashup as well. And <laughs> cultural appropriation will come into this conversation here shortly. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, the next thing that happened that this, this is, this video is playing in the back of my head and, that actually terrifies me now because it's stuck in my head. <laughs> so I'm like, uh Oh, if they were trying to do something to me, it's there, but it's there because I was one, very confused two very concerned. And three, I'm trying to figure out this one image. So she played a video. Um, again, I keep forgetting what the song is called, but it's that hello darkness, my old friend. It was a cover of whatever that song is. And it had images. The first image was Hitler, multiple images of Hitler. Then it went into World War II and specifically the Holocaust. So there was Holocaust images. 
And then it quickly moved into COVID and businesses shutting down people wearing masks. Um, then there was an image of the Jewish victims shoes. And then it went into an image of the Asian population wearing masks. Then right smack in the middle of the video, there is an image of Elizabeth Smart that pops up and it was from the book In Plain Sight. And this image lingered for five, I don't know, maybe seven to 10 seconds at least. And then it went back to more Nazis, um, more COVID businesses shutting down. Um, the audience was singing along. <laughs> and then the very last image was the spelling of Corona and then someone basically adding the numbers of the alphabet. So A would be one, B two, C three, adding the numbers for Corona and they wrote out 666 and then zoomed in on 666 and that's how the video ended. Wow. I had chills from head to toe because yeah. again, I'm trying to figure out what is your message? What's your message? Yeah. Why are you showing Elizabeth and she never touched on it? She never said a word about that the images or the video, like that's all she showed us. And that was it. So, mm. so then, so then it goes into the next video, which was like a montage of Captain America. And, uh, then I figured out, I think this is from the Avengers, the end game. I've never seen it. I'm not <laughs> too much of a Marvel person, but I mm -hmm. assumed that's what it was. Cause I saw all the characters like black Panther, Thor, Iron Man, um, and then after that video, it transferred into a Wonder Woman montage with Gal Gadot. And then she played a Bollywood movie video. And then it ended with the greatest showman for the music video, This Is Me. All right, let's touch on spirit splitting to give you like a launch pad and introduce ideas and thoughts and possibilities for you to ask the Father and Christ the questions that are deeper that will penetrate your heart and soul. Therefore, you can have false Akashic records and you have the true Akashic records and within those Akashic records are the true blueprints of Elohim, God and Goddesses. Having been perfected, whole, resurrected individuals with a history of being on multiple planets, galaxies, and universes. As part of the Great Tomorrow Relief Fund, we are gathering on both sides of the veil, every dimension. Access to universal charts with an F. Don't limit it to A chart or by charts or motion charts. Just leave it open-ended because that's how my energy is. Okay, this is why it's called zero energy. Then you ask for access to my blueprint, you wait until you get a yes. Fill it in your heart. Then you ask for Father, then Christ, then all of Elohim. 
what happened in that time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Be- bananas. Because, and I'm sitting there just, I, I wrote this all down because I wanted to see if I can figure out the correlation. I think I figured out the correlation with Wonder Woman and the Avengers, the end game, which I'll get to a little later. But this is me was kind of like, again, sticking it to the LDS church because she was excommunicated. Say, that sounds like something to do with her excommunication. Yeah. Like, here I am and yeah. hear me roar or something. Exactly. Exactly. So that's how I interpreted that. But again, the, the COVID video with Hitler and Elizabeth Smart, don't know where that was going. So like a lot of propaganda mixed yes. with with images that evoke a lot of emotional responses. So again, I can't help but think it has some something to do with getting people in some kind of a suggestible state or off balance or in some yeah. kind of emotional readiness for, for something. It just, it sounds very, again, calculated, very contrived yeah. and very deliberate. Right. No, I agree. I don't think it was by accident, even though it seems like a bad accident. I, I think it's, it's not. Just, it's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then she comes back out. Uh, now she's wearing a super short tunic dress, which as most people know, tunics, you typically wear some type of leggings because it's just a longer shirt. No leggings, super short biker shorts. So it looks like it's this mini dress uh, with a cowboy hat. And the first thing she says when she comes back out on stage, this is a body with no garments. And people are whistling and cheering and clapping. And again, I'm just sitting back there just, what? What? And what's funny is because, so for listeners, do you want to explain what garments are? Because I don't want to say it wrong. Sure. So so garments are just a kind of um, an article of clothing that um, endowed members wear. And it's really, there's a lot of myths and a lot of rumors about what their purpose is. But really all it is, is just to show your commitment to the covenants that you made. They don't have magical powers. They don't. (laughs) Um, they don't mean anything other than an outward symbol of an inward commitment. Yeah. That's really so, Right. And as, and I can't remember right now on the top of my head, but I know Lori brought up garments. Um, she did to me as well. Okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. do you want to touch on that? So when she again became exalted because she know, because, you know, one of the things you're told about when you start to wear your garments or you're given the privilege to wear garments is that they serve as a protection. Some people interpret this as a literal protection, a spiritual protection, but really it's more of a symbol. But I think she took the, she really um, must have the the protection element of, of the garment must have really resonated with her because she said that now that she was in this exalted state, she no longer needed to wear garments because she no longer needed spiritual protection. Got it. Okay. So she was wearing, you know, sleeveless shirts and tank tops and right. things that you normally wouldn't wear. Yeah. Right. So again, just having Julie make that statement was just it seems like, you know, it seems just wildly inappropriate. Yeah. It doesn't seem relevant. Um, <laughs> I don't think it adds anything to, to your message. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of 
incites this rebellious attitude or, you know, which, which is ironic because from my understanding is most of her followers are um, active LDS yes. members. Correct. So yep. kind of this, this strange um, rebellion in a way that she's promoting. Yeah. And it seemed like that, like the best way for me to describe it, honestly, this whole event seemed like a 17 year old got money and a stage to do whatever they wanted. And that was one of them. Like I escaped the house wearing this, check it out. And I thought the same thing because I could see, you know, certain um, individuals in the audience. I could actually see their garments, you know, what they were over, what they were wearing. So and they're the ones cheering and clapping. And I'm thinking to myself, what, what's happening? Because it seems like you're still adhering right. to, you know, exactly. Right. What you're it sounds like, you know, it sounds like maybe she appeals to uh, members of the population that sort of have kind of this, this disconnect from right. their authentic selves and their beliefs or their outward actions. Yeah. And so you know, which is very unfortunate because they're probably very vulnerable people if there is Correct. that disconnect. Correct. And so they're, they're seeing, which, which is how people end up in cults in the first place, is they're yeah. in a state, a vulnerable state for whatever reason. Yep. And here comes this strong, magnetic um, individual who seems to have all the answers or, yeah. or can solve all their problems. Exactly. And they kind of are drawn to that, but, but they're not really getting help they're really just helping the, the cult leader promote their agenda or further Correct. their um, plan. Yep, exactly. So let's talk about the people in the audience for a minute because there was a point where we had another break and um, I went to use the restroom because again, we were on command drinking water. So that was quite a bit of water. <laughs> so Nobody had their cell phones on them. Nobody had a watch on because again, you, we weren't allowed. So I said, um, out kind of in the for, uh, the foyer, just saying like, does anybody have the time by chance? And a gentleman turns around and looks at me and says, well, isn't this where you are supposed to be? And, uh, that sent chills up and down his spine. <laughs> And I said, well, sir, I've got to take my vitamins by a certain hour. So, And he just kind of brushed me off. But it was seriously, this. if we want to talk about zombies, it felt like I was talking to a programmed zombie all of a sudden. And it, you know, I giggle about it, but I genuinely, like, that struck me so I got fear. Like I, I was generally kind of freaked out at that point of where am I? And, right. and Carl and I kept saying that we kept, you know, kind of looking at each other like, is this real life? Is this really happening? Because eventually we'll get to what happened after lunch. And, um, that dips into some more wild stuff. But, um, so again, so that continues on more music, more, healing energy work. So she says she did make a mention just, um, I think, as you said, she, she said, as she was doing heart, open heart surgery, abdominal, abdominal, cranial spine, um, all these different surgeries. I think she was talking about like, if you have ankle pain, she will heal that. 
right before we were excused for lunch, she mentioned that the reason that the price of the class was so high. So listeners, um, we paid for uh, the early bird pricing, which was $300. Regular pricing was 475. You do the math. If there was a minimum of 200 people, again, absolutely madness of that amount. So she mentioned spirit splitting again, but the reason the price was so high was because after the session, she would be still working on us as we left for an additional 45 minutes to two to three hours. Again, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, that you are going to be healing my pain. I, and uh, did, did Lori ever well, talk again, about Well, again, what's your authority? Where, where, yeah. How do you have the power to do that? Where, you know, I think what, from what you're describing, it's almost like, there's this absence of critical thinking yeah and it's almost sounds like it's discouraged where it's yeah. like no you just kind of mimic the behavior of everyone around you and you don't need to think julie or you know whoever is giving the commands will do the thinking for you yeah and you know that's a really dangerous tool mm -hmm. um is when people are no longer thinking critically or thinking for themselves or feeling pressure from you know the the room of people that they're they're in um i don't know it just seems very it just doesn't seem like a healthy environment which is ironic that they're promoting it as a healing experience where it sounds like the the opposite it sounds very toxic to me we'll get ready for more toxicity because it's about to get worse <laughs> <laughs> so, so we go to lunch we come back from lunch she is now playing more videos, but with, again, images of Brie Larson, Gal Gadot, uh, the woman who played, I, I want to say it's Ray in Star Wars. So these three females, there's quotes going up about divine feminine, um, and then like a question posed of like, what happened to the divine feminine? Um, and then there was a very anti-Semitic quote um, that flashed pretty quickly that I couldn't fully write down, um, but it was referencing Hebrews and rabbis as false prophets, uh, which do not attack other religions. Um, I think right. that goes without saying. And, uh, and she did kept she kept mentioning that she has nothing against other religions. She respects them all. She also respects the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, even though she was excommunicated. Um, and she still holds them to a high standard. However, here she is making jabs here and there throughout the whole day. So she returns back on stage, new outfit change. She's now wearing a Greek goddess outfit. Uh, my eyes rolled so far back in my head. I'm surprised I didn't get stuck. So <laughs> we move into audience questions. Now the audience was not allowed to speak to her. We were only allowed to submit written questions that were funneled through an individual by the name of Keith. Keith, I think kind of went through them and then whatever. It seemed again, contrived to weed out bad questions to good. Somebody posed the question of President Trump said that the pandemic will be ending soon. 
did she have a vision of that happening? And she said, which pandemic are you referring to? And said, this is just the beginning of multiple viruses and plagues. Then she starts going into more QAnon rhetoric and starts saying that COVID is a falsehood that was again created from dark spirits. She mentioned that she is anti-vaccination. She only vaccinated her kids when they were born because she thought it was required of that. But then she no longer believes in vaccinations because it's DNA altering. Again, you're allowing yourself to the dark spirit side. Um, and uh, basically it's serving Satan at this point. Then you have a, I can only imagine which woman it was in the audience. She probably looked maybe 80, late 70s, early 80s. So as we have learned through the news, these are the vulnerable populations to COVID. The question was then submitted, I am an elderly woman, I'm at high risk. Do you think it's wise for me to get the vaccination when it's made available? Wow, I'm about to cry. Julie says no, don't do it, unless you want to end up in a nursing home, if you want to commit suicide, if you really want your DNA to be altered, do you want your family to throw you away? Absolutely not. And people started cheering and clapping after she said this. And uh, I should make note that we were required again in Salt Lake City. It is mask mandate that we have to wear a mask. Julie was basically saying that as long as you're eating snacks and you're drinking your water, your mask does not need to be on. And, uh, and again, myself and Carl, we kept our masks on the whole time. So I'm watching multiple people without masks on. There were people who walked in with no masks at all. And, uh, and then saying this, and again, as I said at the beginning, the COVID numbers are through the roof right now. And she's saying that to an elderly woman. So not only is this problematic, but truly could be infecting this woman in this room. Right. Um, it's, it's irresponsible, especially, you know, when you're in a position where, where you have a voice that people listen to, I feel like you have a responsibility to choose your words very carefully right. and to consider your audience and to consider right. um, how, what you, not necessarily your intention, but how your words could be interpreted by, by just about anybody. Exactly. And when you are very careless and cavalier, um, especially with something as serious as, as COVID, we don't really know everything about it. Everything is still so new. Yeah. But what, why wouldn't you just err on the side of caution? Why wouldn't you just follow the mandate? Exactly. Um, you don't have to agree with a rule or a law to follow it. Yeah. I think you have a responsibility also as a citizen in this country or any country to follow the laws of that land. And right. um, I don't see what it's hurting. It might be inconvenient and it might not be your first choice, but uh, personally, I don't feel like it's, um, it's really that big of a deal yeah. if, right. if we don't really understand 
the consequences of not doing it. Exactly. Exactly. And I just want to reference that right now in Salt Lake, there was a release of information that our hospitals are at capacity and that they are going to essentially be rotating out the elderly that are more likely to die from COVID and treat the younger population. So again, knowing this in the back of my mind, hearing what she's saying, it's evident that this woman was looking for clarity and validation of, I should be on the safe side, right? And Julie is basically mocking her. That's really what it turned out to be, is that she's mocking her, making fun of her, and and it just... And there might be someone else so in that room with that same question, and now they're yeah. going to leave with that answer. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it just... It was probably very frustrating to be there. Yeah, I can say that again. Exactly. (laughs) So again, I think that's what um, I think that's what, and I'm not calling Julia cult leader necessarily, but these behaviors are very much consistent with cult-like behavior. Yeah, behaviors. Um, Exactly. The other thing that I see with a lot of cults is there's always this impending catastrophe. That, yes. that everyone needs to prepare for. Even the title of this conference was War on the Wasatch. Was There's a yeah. sense of urgency. Yeah. And I think what that does is that puts your audience or your followers into this, um, this state of being emotionally and, and sometimes financially um, beholden to you because yeah. you've got the answers and they're in this, this state of fear. And yeah. I just, it, it just seems so inconsistent with I'm all powerful but you need to be afraid of everything at the same time it's just strange I don't understand I don't understand it no there is no logic behind it (laughs) and I I mean yeah and I and you know and I fully understand and accept that people have their beliefs when it comes to COVID and whatnot but you know when we're looking at a global pandemic that's really not something to influence people on of saying, and again, in a room of 200 people where this virus could be exposed to someone, it just, just as you said, it's irresponsible. It's, it's not appropriate. And really it just signifies that these followers trust her and they put the, the trust into her and what she believes and her visions. Um, you know, because, uh, I, I couldn't figure out. I couldn't figure out if she's a prophet and she's receiving revelation or is she a clairvoyant or what is she? Because right, that's what I don't understand so either. What is her, what is her authority? What is her yeah. um, foundation? I, I, I don't, cause it seems like it, it, it changes. Exactly. And, yeah. and so it doesn't seem like it's consistent. Yeah. And again, like I think, our, you know, a more responsible answer would have been, you know, say she doesn't personally believe in, you know, wearing a mask or she thinks COVID is all propaganda. Right. At the very least, she could tell her follower, well, why don't you, you know, think on it or, or pray on it or whatever and see yep. what answer you come up with. Right. It or consult like, with your doctor. Consult with or your talk doctor. to your professional. I don't know all of your, you know, history, history. medical history or what, what have you, exactly. or where you've been, or yeah. it just, I don't, it just kind of shows you how little she does think of her followers. 
is that her need to feel powerful and feel have this bravado expressed yeah. is more important than the safety of those people that just paid a lot of money to see her. Yep. And I should make note that when we return from lunch, the Julie that I saw in the morning to the Julie I saw in the afternoon was a different erratic Julie. The best way for me to describe it, honestly, and I am not insinuating that she uses cocaine or any type of enhancement drugs, but that's what it seemed like that she, she just went from zero to 100. She kind of started yelling a little bit. Again, when COVID was brought up, somebody then submitted a question. Can you tell us who will win the election? And she's just giggling. And she goes, of course, I can't tell you that. I do know, but I can't tell you that. Another question was, (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that continued actually, because then someone asked, well, when is the next plague going to hit? And she goes, that's just too much powerful information that I just can't reveal that. I do know that information, but that's not here for me to share right now. How convenient. See, this is where I'm confused because it sounds like on one hand, she's saying COVID is completely made up in propaganda. And then the next person right. is fake. And so it's like, right. that, that, what are you talking about? I don't about? understand that. Flip-flopping, <laughs> flip-flopping. Right. So I'm sorry, but Right. So with whatever you're peddling, that's all I ask. Right. Be consistent. And that she definitely was not. (laughs) So she then starts getting into um, more questions. She's refusing to answer questions at this point. Again, either with the answer of, I can't tell you that right now, or you can find out this information on my podcast. You can find it in this book, blah, 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 blah. Um, And then she started referring to herself in third person. After lunch, she started taking on this Julie Rowe and she only would say Julie Rowe, which is a perfect example of clinical narcissism. Um, But again, very flipped side. Now she brings up the church of the firstborn. And this is something that I'm starting to look into because she referenced it so much. She referenced a man, man child. Uh, Don't know who that is. Uh, She just kept saying the man child, the man child. Now she did mention a coding. She said something, something about hearing trumpets. And that was a dark side 30. Now, if we remember Tylee, was given a dark rating. Charles was given a dark rating. This was the first and only time I heard her say something dark with a number. So again, I am going to do what I can to re-listen to audio and nitpick through that because I think there's something there and someone needs to take that with a, you know, a fine tooth comb to go through and figure out what that is. And then it's like if, if Chad and Lori had that rubric, and yeah. they were kind of her followers. I mean, I don't know what, how else to describe them or collaborators. Right. Who else is following that rubric? Correct. That we're, Correct. you know, it doesn't, I don't think that was just exclusive for those three. It sounds yeah. like, it, especially if she brought it up at this conference, that that's something that most of the members of the audience already understand. Are aware of. Correct. And that's concerning because um, what we, 
believe is that that rubric kind of set the stage for for events that yep. followed exactly and that's when my ears really perked up and I tried to pay attention because the next thing she says she starts talking smack on Chad again and that's when she said Chad Daybell is Lucifer then she referred to the names of Noah and Hiram again don't know the significance of that and then again I'm thinking of the Ned Snyder Nick Snyder all of those things she then started touching on the tree of life but didn't want to go too much into it because she would need six hours to really divulge all that information is this something Lori ever talked about tree of life um i mean the tree of life is something that is is a, a significant symbol in in the lbs religion got it um the tree of life has the fruit that you know we partake of that imparts knowledge it's, it's what was in the garden of eden okay. um so i it is something that i'm familiar with but i don't know her spin on it and i have a feeling okay. it's not gonna it's be, not going to be that mm -hmm. yeah it's not going to be consistent with with lbs exactly so there was a book available specifically to that which she edited and she made sure we knew she edited the book at least five times in that next sentence so she again did not elaborate that's all i heard then she moved on and she moved on next to her ribbon dancing literally she had which was which i will get to in a moment here but they were basically rainbow colors which the rainbow is significant to the lgbtqia uh, movement. So, uh, so she's doing these best thing that I could call it. It's like color guard, but the person who didn't make the team, cause she got the streamers tied together. <laughs> I mean, it was just a mess. Then she had these juggling ball things that she did. I mean, this was at least seven minutes of our time and it is pure silence. I am so glad I had a mask because I could not keep a straight face. I ended up snorting at one point, but the music is so loud. I hope no one heard me, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm just sitting there like, what are we watching? What is happening now? Um, and uh, yeah, so that's where that goes. And then she made the mention that she had merch being sold in the back of the room, books, great t-shirts. It's, again, disgusting. So now we move into Hollywood more. She's starting to expand on Hollywood a lot. She showed a conspiracy video stating that Back to the Future predicted 9-11. Uh, a law. <laughs> <laughs> Which I had to Google again because... My family is back to the future, and I don't remember that scene. Me neither. But you know, and I mean, it was pulling very hard. Uh, save the clock tower, and then it would like hone in on tower. It would hone in on the part where Marty McFly and Doc Brown are in the Twin Pines Mall uh, parking lot. The terrorists come to shoot at them honed in Muslim terrorists, twin, twin, zooming in on the Pines Ball. 
And then it went and showed images from The Simpsons, Sabrina the Teenage Witch <laughs> cartoon, um, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, wow. Ghostbusters. I, it had a quite a multitude of movies. And I was like, wow, okay, someone really did their homework and <laughs> tried to create those parallels. Uh, but then she started saying that Hollywood has been stealing her style and her beliefs for years. So she said, I quote, the power of Wonder Woman. Now, Hollywood <laughs> stole my outfit for 1984. <laughs> I, <laughs> as someone who has family who works directly for Warner Brothers and uh, worked on the Wonder Woman film, I can guarantee you that wasn't the inspiration. It wasn't. Julie Rowe was not the inspiration for. I mean, it's wasn't. I mean, oh, that's just. Again, like you said, the narcissism is just. It's so overt. Yeah, Yeah, very overt. It's there. So she starts talking about Disney movies, um, Marvel, and but again, she's referencing these. These yeah, films. So it's like she's she's bashing them, but then she's using them as her as her, her symbols of inspiration or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But then she's saying that doesn't make sense. No, because then she called them Satan's films. These are Satan's right, films. but then she's using their images to promote her <laughs> her, her message. Yeah. Again, be consistent. I don't care if you're crazy, but just be consistent with your craziness. Like. Write it down so you make sure that you you're the following same thing each time, right? Exactly. All of the script. Exactly. <laughs> all of the script. It's just all over the place. But we did talk about Harry Potter spells because that was written in um, some of the information that Ian Pulowski right. obtained that then Brandon Boudreau presented to the court. Um, now, while she didn't reference Harry Potter directly, she did talk a lot about invisibility cloaks. And invisibility <laughs> cloaks. <laughs> Listeners, I know it's such, just. If there was invisibility cloaks, it wouldn't be for the Department of Defense or for, you know, rescuing, you know, human trafficking victims. It would be for Julie Rowe to have. For dark her, spirits wear it. Yeah, for her dark and light. Uh-huh. That uh-huh. makes the most sense. She right. said some people wear five, some people wear three, but you are allowed to ask people to remove them, and they have to remove them one by one when you ask. I am sitting back there just like, oh, man, again. If, <laughs> you know, again, my sister worked on the Harry Potter films. Mm-hmm. Should I let them know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there might be a pending lawsuit. Like exactly. Intellectual property. That's what I kept thinking. <laughs> Should someone tip them off about that? Because yeah, give them the heads up. Exactly. So then she started talking about Star Wars and Kylo Ren and the satanic implications in that, again, this is... when you watch a horror film or any of these types of films, you're opening the dark portal. You are allowing Satan into your home. You're allowing Lucifer to teach you. Um, And it just, it was fear mongering. Just that's the best way for me to put it It, again. Just all of these, I don't know where she's going with this. 
at this point. And this is like hour five. And I'm like, I still have two hours that I have to get through this. And I'm going to go next. (laughs) I have no more snacks. What am I going to do? So, um, listeners, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this stuff as well with, uh, Carl danger who was there, but the last things I want to hone in on with this, um, Julie mentioned that someone told her that she will save the world and she is like a female Joseph Smith and that she is honored to be in a sentence with Joseph Smith. But then she starts going off about her excommunication, uh, her husband and Bishop, to me, what it sounded like had an intervention with her years ago, basically saying, this is priestcraft. You need to stop. You're not a prophet. You, you know, we need to be looking into your mental health. She then goes on to brag that she's no longer taking her medications. She didn't say what she is diagnosed with. That's fine. But it was like this moment of it's clear you're suffering from mental Aha moment. Yeah. That, yeah. that this, because she is speaking in, again, so many different things, so many ideologies. And it truly does. It, it felt like a manic episode after a while that she, she did disappear for about 35 minutes and they just kept looping country songs and uh, music videos. Alan Jackson. I mean, she disappeared for that little bit. And, um, she, I should also mention she came out in, she called it her Polynesian attire. It was just a flower kimono with a flower in her hair, which to me symbolized Hawaii. And she said she was Polynesian in her past (laughs) life. Uh, she also came out in two different indigenous costumes and then tried to do a drum solo, which again, I did some research. I'm not finding she has any type of Native American in her bloodline. And uh, again, cultural appropriation, mm-hmm. perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. So how is it relevant? How is it even? It makes no sense. To what she's promoting. Exactly. Yeah. So it's very right. It's very out of place in that regard. So now she did start talking about the 144,000, which she said that this belongs to top voyeurs and they are going to fight the dark empire, which to me was the significance of the Avengers Endgame and why she kept showing that imagery. That's immediately then it was that's why you're showing us this because you think the 144,000 is Black Panther and Iron Man and <laughs> Thor. <laughs> and that's what you guys are going to be. So, mm-hmm. but to me, in a roundabout way, she was saying she was a part of that number. And we mm-hmm. know that number very much in this conversation about right. Chad and Lori. Right. So, we definitely need to keep an eye on that. Now, the moment that I felt myself completely tune out and I was really done with it. She went on a homophobic rant, which then transitioned into a transphobic rant 
talking about there's only two genders in this world. Um, being gay is a choice. It is not, you're not born that way. Um, and uh, then she started talking about being a rape survivor, but in her past lives. And that when she talks about rape, she's not crying. She's not breaking down. She doesn't have emotions. She doesn't need to do that. And as a rape survivor sitting there and listening to that, that was highly offensive. And also someone who advocates for the LGBTQIA uh, community. It was clear to me that there was also some type of underlining situation where this is a common conversation. So did you hear any of that type of stuff from Lori? Right, so from Lori and Alex, um, they would talk about um, homosexuality in very derogatory terms. Right. Um, that that they believe that homosexuality was a choice, uh, like you said, yeah. and that those individuals who participated in that were basically evil spirits. Wow. And it that that really bothered me because I have a family member that's openly gay and. Um, it, it just, it doesn't resonate with my core beliefs. And I, I don't really, um, it's hard for me to be around people who do feel that way. Yeah. Um, it, it just seems very, uh, unenlightened and it doesn't seem very progressive. Yep. And it seems very judgmental. Exactly. Um, so I, you know, I have heard that before. Um, I know that, um, Alex had mentioned one time about um, victims of sexual abuse that in his belief system, and I never heard this from Lori, but I did hear this from Alex, that victims of sexual abuse had basically called that upon themselves for whatever reason. Um, and that is also very inconsistent with my, with my beliefs and, exactly. and my experience with um, victims of those types of crimes. Right. And again, and to reference that Julie's, in, you know, the consistency of what she's saying, she told Nancy Grace that she was sexually assaulted by Chad. And she was crying when she was talking about it. Right. Wasn't she? Right. Yeah. She was in tears when she was talking about Correct. it. Correct. So that's so, not inconsistent with her statement. With her statement of that. Exactly. And so, you know, how, how dismissive to other individuals that, that that's been part of their journey exactly. or part of their, their backstory. I just, yep. I, I just feel like a lot of what you're describing you heard sounds like things that you might say in a conversation with a, a close friend or, or exactly. a confidant. It doesn't seem like, like information or things that you would share in a room full of people, let alone 200 followers. Yeah. It just, it seems very reckless. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even sound like it's consistent with her own belief system. It nope. sounds very like it doesn't have any foundation. It just sounds like she's just kind of word vomit, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. She's just saying because when she talked about being sexually assaulted by Chad, she was in tears. Right. So that, that's completely the opposite of what she it sounds was like she shared with everyone. Exactly. And I should also point out that I'm not going to repeat the words that she said um, because I do find words have power and it is very 
upsetting to me, but she used very homophobic and transphobic wording. She also was very consistent on fat shaming and which was very interesting because again, a room of 200 people, there's body shapes of all different sizes and, um, and it's like these cringeworthy moments. And I know oftentimes people think that, I mean, I'm a millennial, so maybe I am very sensitive <laughs> to this kind of stuff, you know, and being PC, but in 2020 should be a little bit more mindful of these things. Again, cultural appropriation, derogatory terms, and um, again, commenting on people's bodies and ensuring, you know, that they're all listening and they're all nodding their heads. Um, but I will say the one time that the room did get absolutely silent and you could hear a pin drop was when she was referring to herself as the female Joseph Smith and as a self prophet. That was the moment that people were just kind of silent. And I don't know how to interpret that. If that was them taking offense or them soaking that in. Yeah. Like being like a like reverence or something. Exactly. So, you know, the last, like, because after that 30 minute pause moment where she had her outfit change, she made mention that her body was getting worn down because of how many spirits were going through her at the time, because she didn't purposefully say that dark spirits and demons, they, they were allowed to come in, uh, in the room. So she felt physically exhausted because she had been fighting all of that energy for hours. My personal opinion, if you're standing on a stage for four hours dancing, like, you know, <laughs> it's 1999 and you've had a little too much to drink, right. uh, you're going to be tired either way, sister. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> even, you know, there are shows where Aerosmith doesn't come out for an encore. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, just cut it. It's short. Just, Right. Exactly. <laughs> to do with no, exactly. So basically at the end of those seven hours, she gave us three things about Chad. They were really just her opinions about him. Nothing there of true significance, nothing there that she presented and promoted. And that is an indication to me that she wanted more money. She wanted more people there she did not have any type of good faith of, you know, keeping her word on that. I mean, clearly this was a ploy for her to sell merchandise, to sell her books, to sell her podcast and to get people talking about her, which in a roundabout way, that's what I'm doing right now. But I am seeing the madness that Chad and Lori were spewing and the ideologies that they believed in. She can sit there and say that he relied on pendulum and he didn't have heart energy. I don't care. He yeah. was following your doctrine, if you will, right. and interpreted that. And even though you want to sit there and cleanse yourself of it, you were also very close to that man and mm -hmm. sung his praises for years. Mm -hmm. So, Even when this all began, that was exactly. that was the message she was putting out there, that he was misunderstood, that this everyone had it all wrong. 
She claimed to have visions that the children were okay, that she exactly. saw them running on a beach in Lanai. I mean, it went on and on. Right. And none of it was true. Exactly. And I'm not sure why that alone isn't enough for her followers to question. Like, maybe she isn't this all-knowing being that, that we perceive her to be. Exactly. Maybe she's just a regular person. Right. Because it doesn't sound like I've heard anything that she's gotten right. Nothing. Just like with Chad. I haven't heard anything that he's gotten right. But nobody seems to question it. It's very strange. (laughs) It is very strange. And it's, and it's extremely problematic in that regard, because like I said, it's, I'm watching the vast majority of these people in this room, a good percentage were women. I should also make note that there were followers from all around the United States. There were people there from Florida, from Missouri, from New York, from um, Idaho, California. I mean, you name it, they were there. This was not just an isolated Utah followers or Idaho followers. This is something that is expanding, and that's my concern. And my concern is that there are people out there like Chad and Lori and Alex who bought into this ideology and where that will turn, we don't know. And like I said at the beginning, this is JJ and Tylee. We're just the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. of, of what this really could be. And it is actually very terrifying at the end of the day. And uh, so we're going to keep on this and we're going to keep an eye on her because I don't feel good. Her surgeries failed me. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly at that point I need a genuine massage not one from <laughs> Julie Rose mind but uh but let's like I said let's keep in touch that was a lot to unpack in this amount of time and that was still just scratching the surface but oh, we, I don't doubt it yeah so we're still gonna look into this more I'm gonna still go through my notes see what correlations we can find between Lori and Chad and anything that Lori or Alex said to you um, because I think it's hiding in plain sight. Mm-hmm. I agree and I think I, I mentioned it on the last podcast we did together but I'll say it again. Chad and Lori are the symptom. They're not the disease. Bingo. And everyone wants to think that okay they're they're you know authorities have them they're in jail you know, exactly. all is well. And I, I'm sorry, but it's not, no, it's not. They're, they're, they're not, it doesn't begin with them and it doesn't end with them. Exactly. And it is my true mission now. And I feel as yours that we find the truth and we find the truth in this and seriously warn people of how dangerous this group can actually be and the teachings of this. So April, thank you so much for sitting down with me and unpacking this. And like I said, we'll keep the listeners updated as we go through more notes of this. So thank you.